Welcome to Blood of the Void. Be sure to check us out live over on twitch.tv slash qtimes the last Monday of every month. If you enjoy the show, make sure to give us a five-star rating and check us out on social media at bloodvoidrpg on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find those handles in the description. Now on with the show, you petocks! Two months into our six-month journey, the crew is going restless. In the course of going over nostalgic hunting stories, I, the captain, have decided to choose the Exo through a battle royale, paint and blood hunting expedition. All senior staff are pitted against each other with blade and fist and crew and paint. After Commander Adaj gave forth the competition to see who would be the XO of the ship, all of the commanding officers went about their strategies. I, of course, came up with the best strategy. I had uh, security officers dress up like my beautiful self and then hide in a room. Lieutenant Ramyan decided to copy mine, but make it worse. Olmec decided to paint himself with silver and hide against the wall. Not what I would do, but to each their own. I, Olmec, in an effort to entice Kotar from hiding, replicate a pile of fake tribbles. No one cares. Deciding that the senior crew isn't moving fast enough, Commander Adage puts them on a timer, and Kotar finally reveals his location to the rest of the senior staff. However, he is surprised when I, Dewa, drop from the ceiling to collect my trophy, a few locks of his hair. Impressed, he eliminates me from the competition and sets a bucket full of paint and razors over the door as a trap. Myself, knowing that I could not outmatch Kotar, eliminates both of us using the same trap. At the end, no one wins the hunt. Commander Idaj is annoyed with this outcome but also very proud to value her senior officers equally on the Boku. And so the crew travels on towards Konosh to face Karol's questions about their standing in the House of Quebec. Meanwhile, Kotar, our half-Vulcan security chief, feels the very beginnings of his Ponfar. Tune in next time for episode 8 of Blood of the Void on Q-Times. Damn it. <laughs> move this back. Copla! Victory and violence! <laughs> Welcome, Warriors, to Blood of the Void, Episode 8. Wow, we are starting half an hour plus late because of an extreme internet outage. Thank you all for sticking by with us. If you are in a place that has an outage and you're still managing to be here, you're amazing. So thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, we have some announcements. We have a lot of announcements actually today uh, because we have an exciting new development. We are now sponsored by Modifius Entertainment. Yay! So exciting. Uh, so Modifius is sponsoring us for this month and part of their sponsorship includes our recap video, which as you just saw, includes some very, very nifty 
animated recreations that were shot in Star Trek Online. Our friend Mike Fadum edited and created the recaps or the reenactments for that video. So thank you, Mike Fadum. Thank you, Star Trek Online, for giving us use of the images from your game. And thank you, Modifius, for sponsoring us. Um, I want to give you some inside info about stuff that's happening at both Modifius and Star Trek Online. So if you have been wanting Klingon dice, now is the time to get them. We're putting a link in chat. Modifius has Klingon dice for sale. What? OMG, it's finally happening. We're so excited. Klingon dice, y'all. Go get some Klingon dice. Help support uh, Modifius. Help support us and our sponsorship with Modifius. Use the link in chat so they know that you got it from us. Hint, hint, it's important. <laughs> so use that link in chat. Don't just Google Klingon dice and buy it there. Nope, use the link in chat. I'm sure the mods right now are hooking you up with the link. Um, go get those dice. How exciting, how freaking exciting is that? Klingon dice. So thank you, Modifius. Um, I also want to tell you about Star Trek Online. So Star Trek Online has uh, their newest Klingon expansion, House Reborn, th that is out now on PC and will be out March 2nd on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So if you're not already playing Star Trek Online, uh, like me, now is a great time to start playing and make sure you dive into all their Klingon amazing things that are happening. They gave me, they sent me this awesome book that I haven't read yet this cute little tiny Klingon book that is the tale of something, something. Tales of the Dishonorable Three as kept by the scholars of Boreth. So this ties into their, their uh, Klingon storyline in Star Trek Online and I'm excited to read it and I'm excited to start playing Star Trek Online again. So check that out. Uh, and then uh, yeah, mark your calendars for March 2nd on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. All right, now we have some other announcements. I'm gonna throw it over to Aki. Hi, everyone. Uh, just a few announcements from me. Uh, on Wednesday night, we have part two of Death Takes a Holiday happening over at Saving Throws show for my GM-less uh, show, All Games No Masters. That'll be starting at 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And then the following evening, I will be playing another session of Alice is Missing, uh, this time with the team over at Life Action Roleplay. I believe that will also start at 7 p.m. Um, Alice is Missing is a gorgeous uh, game that I really enjoyed playing um, yesterday um, with the, the people over at Games uh, Good Time Society. Um, and I'm so excited to play it again. Uh, but definitely join me for more silent RPG. It'll be a lot of fun. Nice. Thank you, Aki. And Quincy, I believe you have some updates for us. Yeah, two things. One is purely non-Star Trek related, but it is Quincy related. Uh, I just released a two-part episode on my podcast, Asian Americana. Uh, it's about comfort foods, so there's eight little stories across two episodes. Um, do check it out, AsianAmericana.com or your favorite podcast app. Uh, and then one that is for a friend is um, my friend Allison Dela. Uh, they are... Um, an awesome person, a friend of mine, and they just launched a new podcast called uh, Trek Table. I think Aliza knows um, this crew mm -hmm. also. So um, podcast and streaming channel, they think they do it on Sundays. I got to watch one of them. It's super cool. They're super excited. They're just talking about like um, just a lot of different angles about how to view Star Trek a lot more. Uh, folks who are genderqueer and women and queer and uh, folks of color, like it's just super awesome. Um, and they're, they're friends of many of us. So um, check them out too. I think they're just new. They're only a few weeks into it, but um, it's a fun watch and a fun listen. So check it out. 
Yeah. And is there, there's a component that's streaming on Q times, right? That's how I know of them. Uh, Trek table is going to be on, I think they're streaming it on Q times. We're on Q times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other channel that I do shows on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, definitely check all of that out. Sounds amazing. I'm excited to check out their podcast too. Um, I, my quick announcement is that I will be in Ripley Improv's medical drama called Heartbeats this Friday. And we have a very special guest. If you're a Buffy fan, you definitely want to watch this Friday because we have an amazing special guest. So excited. Um, and, oh, and then I play on Thursdays with Cart, uh, uh, fan table, ugh, fandom tabletop playing Cortex RPG, Tales of Zadia. Um, so if you want some fun, high fantasy uh, in a very fun, lovely world, then come check us out. And with that, if that's all the announcements we have, I believe we're ready to dive into the world of Blood of the Void. The Borku has arrived at Space Dock on Konosh, just outside the first city. It's been months since you all have been back here, maybe even longer for some of you. And as you step through the airlock and arrive in basically what is the spaceport, the airport of Konosh, you smell the familiar smells of fried street, not fried street foods, but raw free street foods in the spaceport, the sounds of people haggling and negotiating at markets that are lining the, end, the path, knowing that people coming and going from Konosh want to still take their delicacies with them and maybe a couple of mechleths to go. You are greeted by this uh, for, for someone who's not Klingon, it would be an assault of the senses, smelling and hearing and seeing just this activity of, of Klingonness and people home and comfortable in their home. But for you, it is welcoming and maybe even comforting. So as you walk through the spaceport, you find yourselves walking towards the train station, the train that connects the spaceport to the first city. Um, you... As a reminder, you have been called back to Konosh by Karol, who is the older sister of your former commanding officer, Bemir. Karol is uh, with Bemir, the co-head of the House of Kevek. And you don't know very much about what she wants to say to you, but you know that it's important and that she's expecting you upon your arrival. So you step, you're here in the spaceport. Karol is expecting you. And would you like to 
get on the train to go straight there? To uh, the house of Kivik? You said there's street food here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to run straight over to one of those booths. And I'm just going to start eating whatever's there. And I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay you after I eat. And I just start snatching things and throwing them in my mouth. Uh, maybe like a little bit of blood is running down my face. I'm like, guys, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, what you what you have there are um, there's a bin at this particular market stall of what look like slugs. And they are very squirmy, slimy, just slithering around each other, obviously alive. And so you're just scooping up these slugs. And above them, you see a sign in Klingon that says uh, 10 pieces per. So mm -hmm. uh, behind this, the bin, there is a, like a 13-year-old Klingon child who is kind of just like uh, counting, kind of <laughs> takes a pad of paper and starts ticking off how many slugs that you're eating. Yeah. I tell, do you have any ones that are currently mating right now? It's the most delicious when their slime is slipping out through the little ventricles. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have that special, but it, it costs a lot more. Yeah, I'll, 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 take, I'll take five of those. Who else okay. wants them? Guys. Five pair coming up. And uh, she goes to get the, the special bucket that they keep in the back of them, the mating slugs. Yep. Why is no one else running up and eating this delicious food? I command you to come over here and enjoy his feast. I'm okay. Thank you, though. Oh, oh, no raw slugs for you. <laughs> what? I, I feel the need really fast to ask a question. Is there a certain thing that we are going to be dealing with in flashback? I believe there was a Ponfar that happened a few months ago. <laughs> We're obviously all still alive. Oh, are you asking outside? Are you asking me? I'm asking out of character, yes. Oh, oh. Well, it's coming yeah. up. It, yeah, so it, you don't know that happened. So that was, oh, there was a wave to, so to remind people, so remind people who uh, need reminding, who are watching, um, our dear security chief, Kotar, experienced a wave of hormone rushing in his body, which he recognized as the first signs of Ponfar. Um, and yes, so since some time has passed, just to clarify, that's what happened. He may or may not have told you, I'll let him decide in game what, how he wants to address that, but that's all that has happened so far. Uh, I'm, I'm still eating as everyone's slowly strolling over. I'm going to sprinkle some ash from the seasoning tray right onto a slug. And the way you really want to eat these is you want to dip your throat back and drop it in and kind of let it slide down your throat. Mm -hmm. is, yes. you guys, are you guys taking notes from me? Come on. Is it, it, so you're supposed to go yeah, put yeah. your head back? and right, put your head back. And then just pick it up by the end and then just drop it in and you'll feel them slide down your th oh it's, it's very satisfying yeah yes. uh, make weird. sure you swallow it will get stuck in your throat if you don't overpower the slug it'll try and destroy you from within <laughs> yeah i'll show it yeah yeah fight it good, though. fight it yeah it's good i, oh I slap omek on the back real hard to help it down <laughs> Oh, Mike, this is a delicacy that you are not particularly familiar with, because as we as we know, uh, in our worlds, uh, 
Klingons have different aspects of their culture that are unique to where they're from on the continent. And so Omek, you, yes, you have never seen these slugs or had them before. Yeah, I'm, I'm open for anything, but um, yeah, this is definitely different. That's. I, I feel like you've crawled around in the jungle and ate things that you found wriggling about. This can't be that different, right? That's true, but the two mating with the slime and it coming out the ventricles, it's a little, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, these, uh, the 13-year-old girl says, uh, yes, here are the mating ones. Uh, we have several pair and they're super, they're, they're really connected. They've been mating for at least a day. So the lot, the lot, there's been lots of like fluids uh, intermixing. Excuse me. It, just, it sounds so good. We cannot get these out there in space. You are my hero for today. And I pat her on the head and I reach inside and I find um, a gem, a gemstone and I give it to her. I'm like, take one of these. You've made my day. Thank you. <laughs> Katlo. Kapla. Kapla. And then I, I just, uh, I'm gonna take my slug and be like, guys, I think Dewa is kind of lost interest in the slimy slugs and is sort of One. casting their eyes about a bit uh, uh, in the hopes of seeing something that's perhaps crunchier and maybe even just a bit more cooked. Yeah, so in the, there's another stall a couple of booths away and you see um, there's a banner on it that has a picture of an octopus. And uh, so you would recognize that as a, a delicacy of uh, there are these octopus octopi that are about four feet in diameter uh, and they are shipped in from the coast and they make a delicious crunchy treat when they're flash fried. Yeah, they all kind of saunters down that way. Yep, okay. I'll take two of those. I want that thing, not the okay. slugs that are slugging each other. So the two of you head over to the octopus stand and you see that uh, as is custom, there are these, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, the, the oh my goodness, brain fart. Skewers, goodness gracious, skewers. Not small swords, which is what I was gonna say. I should have just said small swords. So there were these skewers that are shaped like small swords uh, sticking up uh, at the end of the table in, in a holder that's just like a row across the end of the table. And uh, just impaled on it is long, these long te tentacles that are about two feet high and they are crisp and they are standing up at attention. They look delicious. Sometimes I want to bite my food and sometimes I don't. But an octopus will make you feel like you're fighting it no matter what, what state it's in when you eat it. I'll definitely take at least two of those. I do enough fighting every day, all the time. I don't need to fight when I eat. Can you double fry mine, patron sir? Yes, there's uh, an elderly man, an elderly Klingon man who you recognize as being from, uh, technically it's the agriculture caste, but he's kind of a, uh, a sea person uh, from the coast. Um, he, he hears you and he takes a couple of the, the octopus 
tentacles on skewers and puts them back in oil to extra fry. How, 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 how are the slugs down there? You guys enjoying yourselves? Huh? Huh? What? Slugs? They're so I'm good. I'm still fighting mine. It's, it's right there. Uh, I'm going to walk over to Omek and start pressing my fingers around his throat to help him like push the slugs down. I'm like, here, let me help you out, buddy. Just, and I'm going to careful. I'm not choking him because I'm medically, uh, not entertained, medically educated. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep massaging his throat to help get those slugs down. Better? I, I think I need some fried octopus. <laughs> I'm going to take a cup of my extra slugs with me because I paid for them. And I say, thanks, little lady. Thanks for the gem. She holds it up and is like looking and she bites it. Ah, huh. good. So uh, we have to go and meet the, the sister. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got to go. We got to take a train over there. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this. I think I'm going to get yelled at. Uh, How far is this estate that we are heading to? Far, I think. How far is this estate we're heading to, Alisa? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so uh, it is on the outskirts of the first city. So it's it's maybe a 20-minute train ride outside. So where you're, where you've arrived in Spaceport is basically like the northwest, the sorry, the northeast of the city, and you're gonna have to go to the southeast, east, yes, southeast. I shall save my appetite. Everyone knows that Spaceport food is overpriced. I'd rather miss a certain market by the academy. That by night was the best market to get the. Grach and gach instead of the overpriced things here. I think I can wait until we get to this estate. Wow, your patience is impressive, Ramyan. Me, I just want whatever's right in front of my face and just stuff it in there, you know? I applaud your patience after months and months out in the vacuum of space. I just, uh, I'm just gonna fall to the ground and just kind of make like dust angels on the ground. I'm just happy to be back on the planet. <sighs> you do me. that. Don't mind yes. me. <laughs> you do that. Our, uh, our, our captain has what they call in, 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 uh, in uh, human terms, uh, just never mind. <laughs> Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. We, <laughs> oui, may we. Uh, uh, but if everyone's had their fill, I guess we can get going. And I get up and I kind of like shimmy to shake the dust off of me. All right, let's get over to the train station. Get this over with. Okay, so you all head over to the train station, which is connected to the spaceport. And um, as you know, <laughs> being Klingons from Konosh, um, the first city has 
two different types of train systems. One is the ancient trains that are gas powered. And then there's newer trains that are steam engines. And, um, and by ancient, I mean, you know, when the first city was built, that's the trains that they put in. Uh, the trains that you need to take are the uh, older ancient ones. Um, and yes, you, you know, you've gotten directions from Cottle. Uh, actually, you have been to the, the house of Quebec before. From what I remember, in our session zero, we uh, we visited and and met Cottle previously. But this is the first time back in a long time. So Cottle made sure that you knew how to get there on the train. You get on the train, and twenty minutes later, you step off onto what is you can see the the, uh, the skyline of the first city in the distance a few miles away and it's maybe early afternoon at this point and you recognize the estate of the house of Kevik. and as you may have been told but it's been a while um last time you visited this house of Kevik is a newer house um this was an agriculture family that was uh, reborn into a Klingon house by Ka the sisters Cottle and Bimir. So literally this, this mansion that you're facing and the estate it's on, um, it was previously inhabited by an older house that kind of went into disrepair and no one even really remembers anything about them. And it was revamped and renewed by and reclaimed by the house of Kivik. So here you are back at the estate where you first all met each other when you first accepted your commission on the Borku so many months ago. Uh, as we see this place, can I get like an intuition check? Can I kind of read the situation, see how like the feeling is? If I just want to know if I'm going to get yelled at or if I'm in trouble as I go in there. Yeah. Do you want to get a read on on people? Like, yeah, like if I can see people walking around, like do people seem frantic or do they seem happy or like what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I don't. You don't need to roll for that. Okay. You would, yeah, you would see some some servants of the house attendants um, rushing around. Uh, you see someone walking past with some uh, like dragging a a tall drum that looks like it has some liquid sloshing out of it. Uh, you notice that there's some fish jumping <laughs> out of it. And they, from, from, you can, even from as far as you are, which is like a couple hundred feet, um, you recognize that those fish that jump that way are basically the piranhas of the Klingon continent. Uh, and they are a major delicacy. They're very expensive and very fancy. So you see that person dragging that drum from uh, a delivery truck out front into the house. Um, you, from the people that you see, you see someone else like um, trimming some hedges. You see people like, uh, they seem excited, but maybe a little bit on edge, um, as if they have a lot to do in a short amount of time. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to elbow Ram and be like, look at those fishies. I hope they're for us. Or we're, I hope we're not for them. I, let's just go inside. Let's just go inside. Let's make sure we say the right things. I, I'll handle it. I'm your captain now. Don't worry. I'm worried. Come on, man. Just, just go with it. Listen to him. He trusts logic. 
We, we head inside. We head inside. You head inside. All right. Uh, yes, you approach the giant house of Kevek. Um, as you pass underneath the, the shield of the house and, and across the threshold, uh, the doors open automatically. And you just see that the place is decked out. It's, uh, there's ivy hanging in places as decoration. Um, there's what are, uh, there are some Klingon avant-garde artists who have taken to this new style of painting in the city, which is basically like what we would think of as graffiti, except they're using like natural earthy materials. Um, so things like moss, things like ground up moss, um, ground up uh, snails, sorry, vegans, don't watch this show. <laughs> We're totally not vegan in the show. Um, <laughs> uh, rocks that have been ground up uh, to get some nice like dusty hues. And so you see these paintings that are on the wall and they're totally biodegradable. They can wash off, but they're just kind of, the idea is to be like a special occasion painting. And so you see this and at the end of this foyer, about 25 feet ahead of you, you see Cottle decked out in what is not her like most formal wear, but she looks good, y'all. You notice she's just not just wearing like regular everyday Klingon armor. She's wearing like, she has these cool like pointy shoulder pad leather things going on and it's a pantsuit with a wide leg and a big old belt with her house emblem on it. Girl is looking fly. And she stands there with her hand on her hip. The crew of the IKS Borku has arrived. And you see her attendants lined up. They step forward and they line up on either side of the foyer and they all shout, Kapla! Uh, I, I yell Kapla and I immediately fall to a knee and just like bow my head just straight up. Uh, and I also like glare at his guy. Guys, get down. You don't have to glare at, at Dua. They, 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 that's their automatic response as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I say, um, Carol, head of the house of Kivik. We are honored to, for you to have us here. And then I do the kneel and bow. Hello? Yes, I can sorry, hear my, you. <laughs> my internet's a little shoddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can hear you. <laughs> Carol, it is an honor. Uh, and I uh, kneel kneel down and, and, and take a knee. Carol, I, I'm not going to kneel, though. I got, you see what? I got shot in my knee. And it's just like, it's just turned back. So can I just bow, you know, just do like a real deep one? We same 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 thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. What a wonderful occasion to have you join us here in the house of Kevek. And she kind of slowly, majestically strolls over to you and walks around you as she says the next thing. I am eager to hear of the exploits of the IKS Boku. 
the only Klingon ship that I know of that is now led by someone, many someones here who are not even a member of the house that owns it. And some of the attendants recognize her social cue and they laugh, <laughs> awkwardly laughing at this not good joke that she says joke. What do you all think of that? <laughs> what kind of house allows someone to run their ship, a whole crew of someone's to run their ship and not be a part of their house? Uh, uh, can I roll an insight check to see if, I can tell the obvious tone, but more like, is it a impress me or you die? Or is it like, I just want to hear uh, a situation, like, like clearly she wants us to tell us what's going on, but is it like angry or like happy sarcasm? <laughs> Yeah, you sure can roll uh, roll your insight. Let's see. What do you usually do? Uh, presence command or insight? Wait, let me not just shout out words. <laughs> hmm? Where's my little guide? Okay. Insight. Oh, I didn't put it. Yeah, insight command. Okay. Uh, I would say, I would say difficulty too, just because this is someone that you don't know super well. Uh, and also, yes, she is being a little dicey and not being super clear about what she wants. Let me see if I have any. Nope, I don't think this anything focuses apply. I don't think she's going to kill us. A threat assessment seems a bit much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. whatever <laughs> you, you think she yeah, might kill us. Can I use threat assessment? <laughs> you did in your description to me. You did say, "Is she angry enough to kill us?" So <laughs> just. <laughs> All right, I'm going to use threat assessment as a focus then. All right, cool. Yes, I have three successes total. Wonderful. Bank that extra as momentum. And okay, what you, you kind of, so you're uh, kneeling and you kind of peek out of the corner of your eye as she's circling the group. Just again, again, an assessment of her. And you get the sense that Carol is obviously someone who likes to posture and likes to grandstand. Um, so that's what she's doing. She's making a big deal of this because she feels like this should be a big deal. But underneath it, she, um, you get the sense that she wants and needs to know that y'all are like committed to her and to the house. This is like, it's not just like, I'm gonna kill you and put someone else in your place to run my ship. And it's not, I'm gonna kick you out. It's like, can I trust you? She has deep reservations mm -hmm. and, wants, and wants those reservations proven um, or disproven. So if Carol was, had just made that joke and everyone laughed, I'm also gonna burst out laughing too as genuinely as I guess. <laughs> your jokes of course we defer only to you we represent the house of Quebec in all ways as my loyalty is to your sister and to you I bow down before you and I like I count out I'm just I get as low as I can and just try to show how respectful I am she looks at all of you warriors stand up <laughs> okay. This is not befitting. Uh, thank you. I understand your deference to me, and I appreciate it. 
and I might even enjoy it a little or a lot. But stand up. We have some things to discuss here. Uh, of course, Most there is there is no need to bow when you are the grandest one above us all. Come in, come in, come in, come in. What? Too what? much, too much. Ease it back. Ease it back. Okay. Shh. Shh. Uh-huh. We are not, Carol. We are merely demonstrating both our loyalty before we impress you with our exploits. The Borku and her crew have quite an adventure in the past several months. And we wish only to appetize you for the meat of battle lore and stories with a amuse-bouche of fealty and respect. I take it that you are ready for the main course now. Mm. Almost. She walks over to you, to you, Ramyan. You. I know little of your house. And she looks over at each of you one by one, or yours, or yours, or yours, or yours. Whose house do you serve? Commander, you first. I serve this house. And I stamp my foot and uh, throw my hands up in the air. And the rest of you? I'm Ramyan, son of Dash, of House Dash. I am the last remaining heir to my house. And as such, I serve the house of Quebec, the IKS Borku. I serve her captain and the ship, and I stand for the crew. Good, good. I too serve under the IKS Borku as well as the house of Quebec. I am Omek, son of Bosch. You probably have heard of my father. Um, shamefully, he abandoned us. He was well known in this parts of, he was actually well known in his town as a blacksmith. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you're, if you're aware of it, but I, I, I serve under your house now. I have heard of this Bosch. And yes, I have heard of its disgrace and shame. But I want you to know I still stand to the values that my sister and I instilled in this house when we built it. We do not care about the past. We don't care about past ills or disgrace or shame. We are starting from scratch here. Anyone can start anew with the House of Quebec. So you are welcome. She looks at the other two who haven't spoken yet. What house do you serve? I am Duois, and I am a child of no house but of Quebec's. I stand for the crew of the IKS Borku. Good. Good. And one last 
the one who was shot in the knee and cannot kneel. Can you not stand for the house of Quebec? Does your injury prevent you from being with us as well? No. My blade lies where my commander tells me to. I serve House Quebec because my commander says House Quebec. My name is Kotar, son Dagon, son Lysos. Both deserve their honor. For many times, my life has been challenged for that fact. Good. Good. Since you all verbally clearly stand for our house and serve for us, then I see no reason why, after a feast given in your honor tonight, you all will perform the Rustai and join as members of our house officially. Does anyone have a problem with that? Nope, nope, no problem. All in for House Quebec. Good. Well, dinner will be served at 5 p.m. I'll see you there. Kapla! She turns on her heel and goes into her study. Ramya, is there only one time zone here? Is it like five, five where, five this side, the other? Like. Click on Imperial Time, always serves the first city, Kotar. Okay, all right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Unless you have an alliance that takes you across the planet where it is the opposite time. I spent a lot of summers, you know, um, on, you know, the half Vulcan part, right? So, you know, I spent a lot of time not here. So some things I miss, my bad. Of course, spending time in your summer desert camps in that dry, arid planet of yours. It's actually very comfortable. They're great for exfoliating the skin and, uh, yeah, it sucks, man. I don't know. I'm just trying to try to make it feel better. I always have to lie. I'm practicing. I'm going to see my mom soon. So just trying to get into practice of it. Uh, so we're alone right now in the hallway, just us, right? Yeah, the attendants, a couple of attendants are still there, but the rest of them have kind of scattered and finished their preparations for the feast. Uh, do the attendants have any beverages on them? Oh, well, you can certainly ask. I'm just gonna, like, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> could I, could I get some blood wine from this house if you could, just to wet my whistle a little bit? We'll be back in time for dinner. I'm just, if I'm here, you know. Yes, of course, Commander. And the attendant leaves. And I'm like, guys, was how how was that? Do you think that went well? I think you could um, stand to uh, tone back the uh, groveling just a little bit. I didn't, I didn't want to say You did a lot. You, you did a lot. It was, I mean, you kill a lot of people for the level that you just committed to doing that. And it was, it was kind of shocking, if, if I'm going to be honest. Carol controls everything. The ship we're on belongs to her house and her family. I don't own any of it. We only serve at her pleasure. And so, pleasure her, we will. 
Phrasing. Phrasing. I, yes. <laughs> I, if it comes to that, sure, I would be delighted. She is beautiful. But we also owe everything to her. She can take every single aspect of me. So you, if, if I grovel, you grovel lower, is all I'm saying. Okay? I think it went well. I think it went well. I feel that is, as much as we do need to gain her respect to maintain our post, if she knew that her sister gave her command to a bunch of warriors who do not act like warriors and beg for pity and mercy from their own house, she may be more likely to take the command away than if we were to show her the warriors that defeated the Hirogen and the Nosikins and reveal General Kargan's traitorous acts. That, I believe, is the crew she wants to hear from, not the one that begs at her feet. That part. You, I've, I've literally seen you jump down and split a man's throat open and play his throat like a whistle. And you just did that, what you just did right there. Honestly, I don't even know who you were while you were doing it. It was, it was shocking. Well, the commander you know in battle is different than the commander you know in politics is all I'm saying. When I'm on the battlefield, I am fighting for us and our own. And in politics, I'm fighting for us and our own. And if I have to grovel to keep command of the ship, I will. I will eat dust and ash and gladly slugs all down there. But Commander, I, I think it's a matter of respect. And I think, quite frankly, you're losing it from all of us. Because I, I used to be afraid of you, Commander, until I saw that interaction between you and Karolite. You, would, you wouldn't... Uh... You wouldn't be uh, itching for one of us to challenge you for the seat, <laughs> would you? By not picking a first, by not picking a first officer, you realize now we all have the privilege of challenging you if we need to. Uh, since Omek tried to challenge me first, I'm gonna run over to him and place my hands back on his throat in the same way that they were when he was eating that slug, and I'm just gonna start probing it with my thumb and pressing into significant points that cause pain. Again, with my medical entertaining <laughs> degree that I have. And I'm gonna be like, you're not scared of me anymore? Huh, Omek? Not scared? No, I am. Don't forget, I hold your life in my hands at all times. You do. I will do what it takes to protect your life, and I don't care if I have to grovel at someone's feet. This is what I will do. Do you understand? I apologize for being so candid. And I release him and I go, okay, all right, who's hungry? Let's get a snack before dinner time. And the attendant who you asked for blood wine comes back with two big pictures of it and uh, a pocket, like a sash that has some cups. Just walks right up to you. There's two pitchers. I'm gonna take one and just start drinking it and be like, you guys can have the other one. The attendant starts pouring the rest of you uh blood wine in, in cups. It just passes them out. To our continued success and to the hope that we will not end up losing our ship. On the contrary, to the finest crew of the only ship of House Quebec. Kapla. 
Well, the finest and the only kind of lesson the compliment, but whatever. <laughs> I need not your logical rhetoric right now, Kotar. Well, this blood wine is excellent. Uh, and I take my pitcher and I smash it on the ground. <laughs> I feel kind of bad about it, but <laughs> it happened. Does it clang because it's like a loud metal pitcher? Because all Klingon stuff seems to be like lead and pewter and steel. Um, you, uh, so yes, you all have this toast in the foyer and um, some time passes and you all have time to explore the grounds. Um, I want to specifically know where Ramyan uh, may find himself first. Um, how much time do we have? You have a few hours. You arrived at maybe like one, it's around like 2 p.m. The feast officially starts at 5 p.m. So you have, yeah, you have about three hours. Three hours seems too short to head back into the city. Um, I will go to, is there like a hall where they keep their history, like their family history? Yes, there is. Uh, I'd like to go there and study up. Okay, great. Um, you go to the east wing of the house after asking a few attendants where you might find this history room. And they direct you back to the, to the back of the east wing. Uh, you open this big heavy door and you see this expansive room um, that does not have many books in it. Um, this being a new house, uh, of an agricultural caste, you realize immediately, oh, yeah, okay, they, they, they're not going to have like a history room that is like the house of Moog or or the house uh, or Martok's house or, or Galron's house. But they do have maybe a couple of shelves full of books that um, some of them look older, but a lot of them look newer as if they've been feeling back in their history. Um, you also uh, notice that the back of the room, there are these heavy curtains and there's a desk. And you notice that someone is sitting at that desk. And it's not Carol or anyone we already saw? Nope, it's no, it's someone you don't recognize. It's uh, someone who's maybe an, an older male Klingon, long, dark gray hair. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't really, he looks like a typical older Klingon to you. He's wearing a sash as well. And yeah. Kapla. He looks up, he actually was sitting and writing in a book. He looks up at you. He even has some little glasses on. Kapla. I am visiting. I am with the crew of the Boku of this house. Oh, Are you oh, the keeper yes, yes. of the record? Oh, uh, well, in a way, yes. He stands up very slowly, uh, leaning his weight on the desk to help him get up. Yes, hello. Uh, yes, I, uh, I keep the record until this house is grand enough to have its own record keeper. Uh, I am Oran. I am the Gintak of the House of Kevek. Ramyan, son of Dash, but of this house as of tonight. Trained I to be heard. a Gintak at the political academy in the first city. Oh, yes. 
Wonderful. Do I have to be worried for my position here? <laughs> Depends on how effective and perhaps how strong your body still is. Oh, well, as you can see, I'm an old man. I am not very strong. Perhaps taking your position now would result in a discontinuity of records. It would be prudent to <laughs> allow your work to continue to whoever will follow you in time instead of soon. <laughs> you are very wise and very honorable. <laughs> uh, he comes from behind the desk slowly. He even grabs a cane. Um, yes, uh, this is the history room. Uh, and, you know, of course, we don't have many books of history of this house to fill yet, but we <laughs> have heard of the deeds of the IKS Boku and we have commissioned some people to write, to write them, write the stories. And now that you're here, we can actually have oral history recorded directly from the source. Perhaps uh, at our feast tonight, we can have them have our scribes on hand. Perhaps, and include every embellishment, for they are all true. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh. Can I ask you, how long have you been in service to this house? And if my ask, by blood or by fealty? I am by fealty the gintak of this house. I, I am an old warrior. I have served in many battles, but uh, he actually goes over to a chair and sits down. I'm sorry, I have to rest my bones. They are very tired these days. I became associated with the family because their father, Bemir and, and Karol's father, I, I, met, I met him while I was on assignment with the KDF. I was in their province and I, I had to manage, make sure that they were paying what they needed to, to the council and to the major houses. But I befriended their family and I've been an advisor of sorts ever since. And since their father passed, I became more of, even more of a father figure. They, they actually call me Uncle Oran, or they used to before I became the Gintak. Friendship tested in battle and loyalty. Yes. <laughs> I must know if we are to pledge our loyalty to this house permanently tonight with the Rushtai. What friends and enemies does the house have? And I understand oh. if you must wait until after the ceremony to tell us, but it is something I intend to know. A warrior can never be too careful when it comes to the enemies. And, the, and our commander is very skill at seeing the enemies in front of us. I take it my place to see the enemies that sneak up behind. You're very astute. Some warriors never think to look behind them for enemies. Well, yes, indeed, there are some. And I'll spare you the details until you are officially a house member. But 
I can tell you this. Since the IKS Borku has had is, its exploits regaled back to us here on Konosh, the tide is changing for this house. There are people who disregarded us, who ignored us, neglected us before, who said that we were just farmers parading around as becks and commanders. Those same people are now looking at us with honor and respect. But then there are others who never paid us any attention either, who now see us as potential threats to their stand standing. There are some minor houses that want to curry favor with major houses and see us getting the attention that they so dearly craved. So it is wise for us to watch our backs, that is true. But the good news is that we are rising and it is not possible to rise as a Klingon house without garnering some enemies. This is true. Let us hope that they are enemies that are worthy of our attention, but not so worthy that they attempt any sort of tricks upon the house of Kivik. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can see you will be a very good asset to this house. That was what I was trained for before a betrayal of my own house killed the rest of them. Any fealty I pledge tonight will not just pledge my own, but pledge the entire house of Dash, a minor house in it of itself. And we never got a chance to build our name. And we, the house of Kevek, once you are one with us, will avenge your house. Your enemies become our enemies. If only we knew which enemy it was that killed my brother and my family and my uncle in one fell swoop, a dishonorable explosion of our family ship. I do not yet know who committed this, but it hmm. did force me away from the political career into the life of a warrior. Perhaps the lessons of both will come into play. If you are willing to tell me what you know of that event that took your family, I would be honored to help you figure out who did this and exact revenge on them. Perhaps something to be shared when we trade secrets after the Rushtai. After the Rushtai. I shall leave you to your records and your bookkeeping, an underappreciated art of a warrior and a house. I shall see you at the feast. Kapla. Kapla. He gets up from his chair slowly with his cane, goes back over to the desk. And if you, are you exiting the room? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, supposing if there's if there's any like small notes I can take with me, I'll take them. But otherwise, I don't want to like mess with any books and, you know, uh, metal scrolls or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, yeah, there. Yeah, there's like I said, there's about two shelves of books. They're all 
on the left wall, sorry, I'm, I'm from his POV, I'm saying left, your right, <laughs> the wall to your right. There's about two sets of books there. Uh, you're welcome to take a look at them or I didn't want to rush you out of the room is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'll just browse them and then um, keep, keep, an, keep a mental note and then okay. head out. Okay, so as you're leaving the room, the history room, you look back and you see the old Gintak, former warrior, Oran, just has his reading glasses back on, just back to transcribing something from one book to another dutifully, and you close the door on him. Now, let's see who else is exploring the grounds and where might we find you? Uh, I think Doa has been doing a little bit of wandering around. Okay. So Doha, I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think they wander with any particular destination in mind, though. I think they're sort of just trying to stay busy until it's time to eat. Sure. Doa, you find yourself on the upper level of the house. Um, you actually, uh, you all were shown. Uh, actually, no. Never mind. Take that back. Doa, you, um, you have found the quarters where everyone will be staying while you're in residence here at the house of Kevik. So you are on the upper level. You are passing by different bedrooms. Uh, you go to one of them, open the door, and you see a slab, stone slab, which is the customary bed for Klingons, super uncomfortable for people of other species, but Klingons love stone slaps. Good for your back. <laughs> um, you see there's some simple yet comfortable adornments in the room, uh, heavy curtains, just like all the other rooms. Uh, and you see some, there's light tech throughout the house like they're still hooking things up because like I said, this house has been renovated from an older house. Um, so you see like uh, there's a, a panel, a screen on the wall, on one wall. On the other wall, there's uh, some candelabra. So it's kind of a mis mix mash of old and new, modern and ancient. Uh Dua kind of looks at the stone slab and sort of uh, runs their fingers across the surface. And they look out over the window, um, over the grounds. Um, and they're kind of thinking to themselves. Um, that they're hoping they don't, that we don't stay on Konosh for too long. Um, they keep looking up to the sky any chance they, they get. Um, but for the most part, they don't seem to be wandering with any particular destination in mind. They're, they're exploring, but not actively. And they are, um, they, they quickly of what's going on on the inside and leave like to, to kind of wander the outside. Mm -hmm. Before you do that, 
you're, you're standing at the window and you have that impulse to leave and to go outside. But before you do, as you're turning away from the window, something catches your eye in the reflection and you turn back to the window and face it head on to get a better look. And to your utter surprise and almost not horror, maybe horror, you see your forehead looks different. And yeah, you reach up to feel it. It feels the same as what you have become used to, this, this forehead, the ridges that you have had for maybe, I don't know how many years. But what you see in the mirror, maybe it's a trick of the light, maybe you're tired, maybe you've had too much octopus at the spaceport, but what you see in the reflection are the ridges that you used to have, the ridges that belong to the house of Duras. And you look closer, blink a few times, and then it's back to normal. I think uh, Dewa stares at the reflection a few moments longer and, you know, just to confirm that all looks the way it should. And their, their hands are kind of balled up at their side. It won't matter after tonight. It never did matter. and they turn to uh, leave the room. Okay. So Dua heads outside to explore and Omek, where are you exploring? Well, after getting choked out by my commander for uh, speaking so, uh, openly about her. Um, I think I need some time by myself. I think um, if there is like a backyard or like if there's acreage like in the back of their house, something that I can kind of just go into nature, explore, maybe, you know, find some new species that I maybe have never encountered, um, can record that on my tricorder or something like that. I, I think I just need to be by myself just to, be alone. I need to kind of, you know, yeah, I just need to steam off a little bit, you know? So. Okay. Yeah. yeah so Omek, you find yourself exploring in the backyard of the grounds and there's a, a pretty big and impressive rock garden back there. Um, someone has taken the time to just assemble rocks from different parts of the continent of Konosh and uh, put them in a, uh, these cool fit configurations. There are some mazes, there's a maze area that you could walk along and it's about maybe knee high. So it's not a full wall maze, but it's the kind that you would just kind of walk around and meditate around. Um, there are a cup, there are some uh, like five huge pillars of stone that are maybe like eight feet tall and four feet wide. And you can see um, 
blade marks on them. So these are, they look like they've been used for sword practice. And you see other configurations. Some are more artistic, some are more uh, utilitarian. Yeah, I think I'd um, maybe record some of the, uh, some of the, the rocks, uh, not necessarily the formations, but the, the type of rocks. Um, I'd record that just so that I can um, refer to it in case we come across it later in the future. Um, I think also if I do have, I'm probably, I probably most likely don't have my bat lift on me, but I probably have a dick talk on me. And so like where there were like, uh, you know, uh, blade marks on the stone, I think um, in order to kind of just release some, some tension, I would just take my dick talk and just start, you know, doing some like a screamer type of blade hand action and just pretty much uh go to town <laughs> mm -hmm. just kind of get yeah. you know yeah just to to basically work off uh help with my nerves <laughs> great so as you're as you're getting some <laughs> some nerves out with sword play on the stones you hear a chirp from your from your waistband broop, broop, and you recognize that as an incoming message on your communicator Go for Omek. Omek? Omek? You are here! <laughs> You're here, my baby! You're here! Why didn't you tell me you would be on Konosh? Are you going to come to see me? My sweet baby! Come see your mother, please! Are you going to come see me? Where? Can you hear me? Hello? Is yes, this thing working? Mom, it's it's working. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. I I was gonna come over there, but we only have a few hours. We have this event that we're going to attend. So maybe tomorrow. <gasps> An event. You're look at you. You're serving as a senior crew member for a house and you're going to fancy events. Yeah, you'd be real proud of me, Ma. Oh, I can't it. wait to see you, my baby boy. <laughs> I miss you, Ma. I miss you so much, Omek. You have to come and we'll do a hunt. Oh, I'd love that. Only if, uh, only if I could leave this time. Oh, I guess it's fine now. You're a big boy. You can lead the hunt. That's <laughs> <laughs> not calling me big boy, Ma. I'm a man. I well, know, I know, you're my little man. <laughs> not your little, I'm a man. My, I okay, okay, honey. Uh, is, are there any any lady Klingons I should know about? Ma. On the ship? Ma. Ma. Anyone? Ma. Anyone just... good enough for my man boy? If there is, you'll be the first to know, okay? Okay. All right. I love you. So Ma. when are you coming to see me? After the event. After the event. I promise you. Um, I don't know how 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 long the trains are going to be running. Maybe I can come after. Um, I'm not too sure, but definitely tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Come tomorrow. I'll be asleep. Don't okay. come late, and you'll be drinking. You'll be up drinking blood wine with all your fancy Borku friends. You know I will. Are you going to cook some fresh tog for me? The way I yes, like it. Yes, of course. All right.
I'll of see you course. Tomorrow. Okay, my baby man. <laughs> and she clicks off. <laughs> baby man. <laughs> Cool well, that time. made me feel a oh, lot better. Okay. Oh, yeah, that just made me feel a lot better given like what happened before. So I'm I'm excited to be here now. Oh, good. <laughs> so are you still you doing your swords after the phone call? Yeah, just out there. And now I'm just going to kind of not not so much dealing with my anger. I just now I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I talked to my mom. I'm good. I want to kind of just explore and, and see what this what this place has to offer. Great. Okay, and we, uh, yes, we pull out from Omek doing sword, sword play on the stone. That sentence, wow, bad sentence, sorry. Don't think too hard about that sentence. Kotar, where are you You're exploring? Or what would you like to see on the grounds? Uh, I don't know. We don't have time. What time is it? Uh, let's say it's about 4 p.m. Oh, damn. Okay, I definitely don't have time. Uh, I, he got to call his mom. I'm going to call my mama. <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm going to call my parents and see how they're doing. Yes. Um, Great. Can I do it in wherever um, the training room would it be, wherever the battle room is? So I can Absolutely. be very loud. If they try to embarrass me, I can challenge anybody. <laughs> <laughs> sure can. So yes, you're in the training room, which is towards the back of the house. Um, and yeah, you, you uh, on your communicator, you pull up your phone call to your parents. Oh, well, son. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny, son? <laughs> Nothing much. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> you miss your old man? <laughs> I don't know about all that. Uh, I'm happy to see your face, though, father. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Just, you know, keeping your mother busy. We, uh, we have a social life now, I guess. She's uh, taking me around to all these... I don't know. She has like a group of of foreign friends now. She's found a couple of other Vulcans and and a couple humans to make friends with. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds more appropriate. You said keeping her busy. That that, that sounds like she's keeping you busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's more correct. Okay. Well, where is she at? She's right here. Lisos. And you see a tall Vulcan woman. Your mama, come and <laughs> join the frame. Oh, it's good to see you, son. Hello, mother. It's great to see you as well. You I'll look healthy. You. Thank you. Um, not for lack of trying of other people, I am still. You are still alive, which is good. Yes. Um, upsides of you and father's marriages, it's hard to kill me. So <laughs> many people have put forth a valiant effort 
and many have failed. Hmm. I hear you have new friends. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I've been volunteering at the Vulcan Embassy and met some friends there. We've been going to cocktail parties. Well, aren't you fancy now, Mother? I, I, I suppose you could say that. It's just a thing to pass the time. Okay. Sure it is, Mom. Uh, put the old man back on the phone. Dive Mom's supposed to be going to be sworn into uh, our house in about an hour to 40 minutes. Uh, uh, they both joined the, the frame of the call. Uh, I guess this is a big deal. Uh, I think it is just another practical evolution in uh, the process of being a warrior, but uh, our deeds have gotten some renown and later on we will be performing the ceremony. Uh, are you, you joining a house? You joining their house? Well, I'm on the ship, and I've shed blood for them, so it only feels appropriate. Uh, Dagor kind of is hmm, reacting to that, but Lysos looks over at him and says, Dagor, it is logical for our son to join the house of the ship that he's serving on. You seem perturbed by this. Uh, no, I mean, it's just, you know, I always, I always wished I could have joined some big fancy house and, you know, it's fine. No, I'm glad. I'm glad, son, you're doing, you're doing a good, good job out there. And now they want to make it official. That's good. That's a good thing. And our house is, is not really, you know, it's one of the minorest of minor houses. So why not? Logic persists, father. Logic persists. What does grandma always say? Pride must give way to reason. Oh, yes. Do you want to talk to your grandma? Oh, I think she's. Oh, she's. Actually, no, yes. no. Save it. Save it. Save it. She's going to chew okay. me out. She's going to chew okay. me out. I don't want to. I'm going to wait till I see her in person. Don't don't tell her I called. All right. She will oh. find out. You know how smart she is. I know. But, all right. But I, there's no time. We have to come right here as soon as we land it. And I already know what's going to happen. She's going to chew me out by not coming directly there. I have duties. Well, speaking of duties, son, we Great. all know what the date is. And, well, I'm sorry to speak of such things so blatantly and openly, but it seems that your time is near again. And you are home here on Konosh, yet still without a mate. And you see her eyebrow in the very judgy Vulcan way go straight up into the sky. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you want from me, Mom. Not a lot of Vulcans out there to connect with mentally. Uh, is that weasel still around? I can break his other arm, maybe. And that might settle the bloodlust. I was just, you know, um, planning on fighting. Um, mm. I'm not really ready to commit yet to a, a mental bond with a soul partner. Uh, this will be your third pon far. When will you be ready to commit to a partner? 
when I find the right one, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I what killing seems to have gotten me by this far, mother. I don't know why, why do I have to stop that? It really goes in both ways. Dad, can you back me up on this? You hear, <laughs> just as Dagor is about to speak, you hear, is that my grandson? God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, we obviously, she heard, you know her, her hearing is sharp as ever. Hi, Grandma. And you see this old Vulcan lady, gray-haired Bob, uh, enter the frame. Oh, did you not want to speak with your grandmother? No, no, obviously I'm very excited and happy to speak with you, grandmother. I just mm. wanted to do it in person. And um, due to my responsibilities on the crew, I was not a lot of the time to come to the house and see you. And I felt it disrespectful to not do so after being away for such a long time. Yes, of course. Did you tell him about the person we met at the embassy? And your mother gets very stiff and Dagor is like, mother, we were waiting until he arrived here to make an introduction. What are you talking about? And grandma, uh, well, it is your time for Ponfar, your third Ponfar, and we decided to take it into our own hands, knowing you're on a ship and you are not going to find anyone there. We found you a Vulcan mate. She's okay. perfect. Okay. She's absolutely perfect. Sublime perfect. logic. Okay. Okay. I take your word for it, Mom and Grandma. I look forward to meeting her. Good. She will be here. Just tell us when you're coming by and we will invite her for a meal. Shout and then she abruptly leaves. <laughs> Grandma's gone. That's all she wanted to say. Well, look forward to meeting my mate. Um, I've got to go get ready for the ceremony. I will talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye. Click. All right, son. And <laughs> <laughs> just pick them off. <laughs> Who wants to fight? I need to Break somebody's arm. Yeah, so this, yeah, so like at being in these early stages of Ponfar, you're starting to lose patience more. So yeah, you are probably, you're starting to feel those emotions coursing through your vein. That hormone, uh, I think it's called Yasmin, just a fun name. The right. hormone that causes your Ponfar to trigger, you can feel it coursing even more, especially after that conversation, you're just on edge. I apologize for interrupting, but the fact that it's caused, uh, called Yasmin just thinks there was a writer in the Star Trek writing room who just like, um, when my hormone was called Yasmin, so that's what I'm going to call this. Oh, I'm sorry. I said it wrong. It's Yamarine. Yamarine. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we so call I, Yasmin, though? Or? No, I just have we this call image. Yasmin. <laughs> <laughs> Yasmin. Yasmin. All right, it's Yasmin. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, uh, and finally, before dinner, we catch up with uh, where our dear commander is. Uh, and there's not enough time to go into the city, right? No, at mm -hmm. this point, no. Okay. 
Probably not. Okay. Uh, what I want to do is, oh, so the last thing I did was throw my pitcher on the ground after drinking the blood wine. Uh, I'm going to apologize to the servants and try and follow them to the kitchen uh, and just like hang out in the kitchen with the servants and like house staff people. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're in the kitchen uh, and uh, on the way to the kitchen, picking up the, this broken <laughs> pitcher, you, uh, the attendants are saying, you don't, you don't need to do this. We, we take care of the house. You are a guest. You don't need to clean up. No, I, w I want to. I want to see, you know, I want to understand what's going on here. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, the, the passion overcame me in the moment and I broke this picture. Come on, l let me take this down to the kitchen with you uh, and I'll just make sure I can throw it away and show honor to this house. If you could please honor me by letting me accompany you. Yes, yes, Commander, of course. Follow us. You go back to the kitchen and you find yourself in it. it uh, it has the feel of like a commercial kitchen, what we know as a commercial kitchen, but obviously it's in this grand home. Um, you see a lot of knives, <laughs> a lot of cutting board space all around the counters, uh, a really nice big sink, stove, uh, and the stove is kind of like, um, it looks, let's see, it's like, it, it looks like it's a wood firing stove. Klingons don't cook much of their food, but when they do, they like to do it, you know, in a very earthy way. Mm -hmm. um, are there a lot of people in the kitchen? There's about five. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, well, there's three in there already. And then the two that you come in with. So okay. now there's five with you, five attendants there. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I broke this picture. I'm just here to apologize and hopefully get a sense of what's for dinner. Uh, everything smells amazing so far. And I'm just kind of walking around like opening jars and kind of like peeking in doors and stuff. Uh, I kind of want to get a sense of how much food they have here. And if it's oh. like fresh, if they have like high quality food, is it just for this meal that it's a front? Um, or if it's just like, they generally have plenty and bountiful food. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, you. Yeah. You see that same drum that you saw someone bringing in with the piranhas <laughs> jumping out of it. You see that in a corner in the back. So you head over that way and you. Yeah. You also see um, a, a targ that has recently been slaughtered. You see um, lots of other fresh delicacies. You see like just tons of gach, tons. And you also notice on the labels of the tubs of gach, you see that there's some that are like targ blood fed gach and um, uh, lizard fed gach and rokeg fed gach. And what you understand that to mean as a good Klingon knows, you know that that means these are different flavors of gach. The way that they create different varieties and flavors of gach is feeding them different kinds of blood. Mm -hmm. So you're, they've got like an array. They're going to probably have a guck buffet, <laughs> like a whole table of guck. There's several different varieties here. So it looks, yeah, it looks like they went all out and they have like, you know, uh, a feast here. Now, whether or not you can tell, uh, I know, I think I know what you're asking, but I'm not sure you would visually be able to tell that unless you want to open up cabinets and see if they're full, that kind of thing. 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm so hungry. If I could just get a little snack, I hope you don't mind if I just poke around a little bit and find something to nibble on. And I'm just gonna kind of like uh, make my way through the kitchen and kind of like scramble around and open and touch things and compliment mm -hmm. them the entire time I'm doing this. Yeah, they. I mean, they're they're not really paying you any mind because they're so busy, but they're kind of like, uh, yeah, uh huh, just kind of like nodding and grunting, so you feel heard, basically. But they're not. They don't care what you're doing. You you open drawers, you look in, you open drawers, and you actually see um, more uh, like cutlery and like for Klingons, there are these. Um, I'm just literally making this up. This is not lore. Don't hold me to this internet. Um, <laughs> there are you see what you recognize as Klingon, a certain type of Klingon cutlery that's for uh, breaking open the, the bodies of foods that you want to eat. And it looks like a finger attachment, like a ring, a leather ring, and with bla a blade, like a nail, basically like putting on this nail cuff thing. So you see like a whole drawer of them. There's maybe like, um, there's maybe like 10 sets for like one hand. So 50, right? 10 sets, five, yes. <laughs> There's like 50 of them in one drawer and you open another drawer and you see lots of other like special little weird knives and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks like a pretty, considering how sparse other, you have noticed that other parts of the house are kind of sparse, but the kitchen looks pretty replete. Like mm -hmm. they have stocked okay. it pretty well. Okay. Um, this is giving me a better sense that they are very proud of food and ceremony and celebrating people. So this is helpful in me just understanding more about the house. Uh, I'm going to grab a handful of bagach and leave and be like, I'll see you all at, uh, I'll see your masterpieces at dinner. Thank you so much for letting me apologize to you. Uh, I'm going to make my way out of the kitchen and I'm going to keep wandering around to where I think there might be servants and try and find someone to talk to. Okay. Yeah. You wander back to the front room. So this is when you came in through the foyer this way, there's a room to the left. That's the front room. So you find yourself in the front room and um, there's a, an attendant uh, dusting the framed pictures on the wall in this room. And you see the, the pictures there, uh, some of them are digital pictures of Bemir, of Karol, of, uh, and then there are some that are painted paintings of their parents, um, some other Klingons that you don't recognize. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, there's I'm also gonna... a sorry. There's also a big painting in the center uh, that is of a farm and on a field, like a homestead. Uh, I'm gonna sneak up right behind this attendant and kind of like pop up right behind them, and be like, "Beautiful pictures, these. Wonderful job cleaning here. Is you that really snuck up on me? <laughs> my, my apologies. My sincere apologies. What's your name? Oh, my name is Brukesh. Rukesh, ah, beautiful name. I, I just want to ask, is that a picture of the farm and with Carol and Bamir there? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, those two little Klingon girls are Carol and Bamir <laughs> sitting um, on the front step of their, their old home out in the country. <laughs> so yes. what's, what's that growing behind them? What crop is that? Oh, uh, that's wheat. That's they grew wheat. The you know, the, the heart of the country, the bread, the bread basket, one could say. Mm -hmm. oh, that's wonderful. Do you have any more pictures around here about it? Because I just have so much respect for Carol. I'd love to just 
see more of where she came from, you know, get a sense of the house that I serve. Yes, here. <laughs> you see a little sparkle in Bruketch's eye and they bring you over to uh, a corner. There's a little table that has uh, more framed photos. Some, again, some digital, Ooh. some are like different types of picture, different mediums. And this, you notice more of Coddle specifically on this desk. You see her um, wearing some really cool, she's, you know, you, when, you, when you came in, you saw how nicely dressed she was. So you can see like she has some other cool outfits and things. Um, you can see like when she got her nose piercing, like she, there's some pictures of it, like kind of Instagram-y glam <laughs> pictures of that. Uh, so this is like a cattle area. And Bruketch says, uh, yes, uh, you can see the lady of our house uh, is uh, very interested in documenting uh, how she moves through the world. This is, mm. this is part of that. Uh, mm. She's very beautiful, as you can see, oh, very strong yeah. and clean yes. on. Yes, I, it is delightful to have such a beautiful, honored member leading everyone here. I can tell you are also a loyal fan of Carol as well, may I assume? Yes, I am. And I will say, uh, I, as you can see, there are some Ferengis in these pictures with Carol, her friends, her mar her trading partners and friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not know any Ferengis before I met Carol. And I, I am so grateful to her for opening my eyes. Did you oh. know that people say bad things about Ferengis? What? Klingons, I was raised with horrible thoughts about oh. Ferengis. And Kato opened my eyes to show that that was bad. That I was, I was stereotyping them <gasps> and I should oh. respect them. Yes. They helped but build this house. I mean, Carol built it, but she, they, some of them helped her trade monies and the monies built this house. Oh, that's, that's, you know, Rukesh, this is so wonderful to hear. I too have had my eyes opened under the tutelage of some brilliant, brilliant leaders. And I feel like I'm the same boat as you. Ah, oh. how wonderful it is to serve under such an illustrious master who know, who is so knowledgeable. This is wonderful. Think, do you mind if I take some of these photos? Are there any extras of them? Uh, uh. I don't think I can let you just take them. Oh, they're, that, they're cuddles. I, I completely understand. I just, I just wanted to honor her somehow, uh, to keep her image close to my heart. But I understand as well, Brukesh. Uh, thank you for sharing this with me. Um, would you care to give me more of a tour of the, ho the house if you could? Oh, sure, yes. Uh, Rukesh finishes up dusting and, and leads you out into the foyer. And uh, the tour continues. And right now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have a feast for Klingons. Stay tuned, y'all. We'll be back in 10. Welcome back, friends. We are slipping into the second half of episode eight of Blood of the Void. Now, last we left off, our crew was exploring the house, the grounds of the house of Kevek. And now we find ourselves, it's 5.08 p.m. And we are in the great hall, the great dining hall of the house of Kevek. It is nicely appointed. Like I said, ivy 
and earthy paints seem to be the theme in the house, the decoration theme. So you see more of those these uh, impromptu paintings uh, up on the walls. You see ivy hanging from different places. Uh, and then, of course, you see some uh, batleths and mechleths mounted all around the dining hall. And it really is a really beautiful sight to behold, very impressive. Uh, as you enter the dining hall, Karol is there holding court, standing at the head of the table. Come in, fierce warriors. We have a feast for you. You will not leave here standing up straight. <laughs> and the attendants again, kind of like, <laughs> uh, and at that they start to uh, very excitedly pour blood wine into the some of the go the the goblets goblets sure that you yes those what are those called Quincy what yeah that mug tankards mug, mug tankard stein tankard let's say tankards I like that word I've never that heard that big word. Boy they, they pour yeah <laughs> they pour uh, <laughs> blood wine into the tankards at the table at the place settings for you all uh, inviting you to sit uh, in the middle of the table you you see a roast targ giant full roast targ and it is it looks absolutely scrumptious uh on the far wall underneath uh several windows that like line the wall you see a gach buffet so there's about seven or eight different types of gach and they're all labeled in klingon uh on these like standing platters saying you know platters with a stand underneath uh wiggling beautifully alive and wiggling all around each other um and here is your feast before you. And Carol says, I cannot sit and partake until you each have a tankard of blood wine and your bellies are starting to be full. So please, please partake. Uh, I, I again bow, bow deeply <laughs> as always, and I grab a plate and I sprint for the gawk and I kind of uh, elbow my senior crew members out of the way uh, because I've had my on this and I had a taste earlier and I want more of it. And I'm gonna load up on some of that uh, targ flavored gawk and, but I'm gonna get a sample of everything as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get a big heap of my plate, but I leave a little section left or the roast tar, because that's also one of my favorites. Um, and I go up to the serving station and I, uh, I say, uh, especially fatty. I want a lot of fat in my slice, if you could, please. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the, uh, the attendant goes to the like back underside of the tar, the fatty, fatty fatness, and slices you off a delicious fat ass slice. Oh, so good. I can smell it. And like, I just like, before I even sit down, I just take a rip off a piece of the fat and pop in my mouth and I'm just like savoring it. And I, I'm first one at the table sitting down and like just chowing down all this food. Uh, Carol looks over to you and says, it is very, very exciting to see you enjoying this food. Um, let me point out some more things to you. Obviously you recognize the targ and the gach. Uh, we, our house, since we are came from our agriculture, we have embraced that in our style as warriors as well. So here are some breadsticks from the wheat from our homestead. It still produces wheat. Uh, we don't live there anymore, but people, people still run the farm back there, our, our distant family. Uh, so here are some breadsticks from our house of Quebec wheat. Here's some root vegetables. 
Uh, there's a, oh, those mushrooms are wonderful, wonderful. We embrace all types of food, not just raw animal food. We are, we are an eclectic Klingon house, if you haven't noticed. Amazingly so. And I, I go and I grab a breadstick and I smell, and I'm sure it smells fresh and soft and delicious. And I like press it to my face to feel how spongy it is. And I start just like, again, like tipping them into my mouth, like wholesale and just eating it. And just like, this is the best weed I've ever had. This is a new fresh crop from this year. This yeah. is delicious. You can from the terra. Is there was this grown in acidic soil? <gasps> yes, it was. Yes, that is yeah. very impressive that there you can a, tell. Yes, there is an expression of maltiness that only comes when it is grown in that sort of soil. This is delicious bread. I'm I'm gonna take a little bit more, please. Can you please send out more bread? I'm gonna eat all of this right here, and I'm just gonna take the basket with me back to my seat and just start dipping it in all the like juices that have accumulated on my plate. Oh, wonderful. You know, maybe while you're here uh, planet side sometime, your crew can, uh, I can take you to visit the homestead sometime. If that you, would if be you have wonderful. time. We will make time. We will make time to go. Wonderful. And after tonight, we will be family. So you should see where the, the house was born. <laughs> and the rest of you, what are you up to? I want to just walk over to the target and just grab the leg and just pull the leg off. And then I'm pointing with it while I talk and eat. And I'm like, this breadstick things? Check this out. When I was on the Earth planet, they have these things called Bosco sticks. So they're the bread, but then they have this thing that they get from the cows or goats called cheese and then they put it inside of the bread and then they bake it. Let me tell you what, the craziest thing I've ever had in my life. Earth, it's so good. I, I think you need to try it. Everybody should try it. It's more time in your life. Because let me tell you, it will blow your mind. You understand? Who are you saying this to? Who are you saying who are you saying this to? <laughs> just whoever is at the the person just at the at the thing. Just like, Got oh. it. <laughs> just like I, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. I want to say that uh, Carol hears you. You're you're a little bit far off from Carol, but she hears you and she says, "Cheese in bread." That sounds that sounds very good. Uh, cool. Cool, make me some cheese and bread. What is cheese? What is cheese? I've never had cheese. I'm not sure how they make it, but it's sometimes hard, but sometimes squishy. And this mm. particular kind was squishy. Again, they get it from the cows or the goats. I don't know the process between cow and goat in a squishy or hard thing, but mm. that is how they do it. And then they put it inside of the bread. It's a Vulcan thing. No, I know you're half Vulcan. It's a human thing. A Vulcan oh. diet is very boring. It's a lot of vegetables. It's soups. It's mm. It's ugh. Yes. Uh, I, and I hear, I, I, I have heard of this chiss and I have tried it before. Excuse me, Excuse me Commander? You the heard chiss. of what? 
The chess. Yes. Okay. <laughs> is it like curd? Is it because you said it comes from the animal? Yes. Like it the, is from the it's teeth like curd. of the mammal. Oh. It, yes, from the teeth, they take it and they put it with the bacteria. Uh huh. They and I know this. I've made it in the lab before. You introduce bacteria into the the teat juice and then you start to ferment it. Yes, and once Ooh. it gets solid Ooh, come enough, come over here and listen. Yes, you squish the fermented teat juice into a mm -hmm. ball and let it sit with some salt on it. Oh, uh, okay. And maybe you, you can wrap it in different things to give it different flavors. It is quite good, this chiss. Okay. We'll make some of that, make some of that. And Cool rushes off to the kitchen to make- Seems like it is a prof process that could take some time. <laughs> Yeah, and it definitely takes at least, at the very shortest amount of time, a day to two days. Uh, uh, you can make it very quickly if you introduce some sourness into the teat juice. Uh, it will become a very uh, soft sort of chiss, but it is possible to do quickly. Uh, cool, put some sourness in the teat juice. Perhaps this house will be known for warriors, agriculture, and this chish. Hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I want to grab uh, a plate and get equal amounts of all the gach and then uh, in like an outer ring of the plate. Um, they're not orderly. It's not like a thali. Like it's not <laughs> um, it's uh, it's still like piles, but it's like equal amounts of piles. And then the inner pile, I want uh, to get all the vegetables in a big pile and then a big chunk of targ on top of that. Wonderful. As elegant as a Klingon plate possibly ever looks, which is um, still looks like a dining hall, like a college dining hall, like slot plate. But there's like distinct piles. Wonderful. Uh, Carol notices and says, yes, you are very orderly in your, in your eating. That's good. That's good. You know, some Klingons, we liked mess and just, but you, I see your piles, very methodical. It's good. For a house so built upon its treasures of the ground that it's raised itself, I must make sure that I am able to grab, I grab some out of my plate and then like taste the blood and dirt and sweat and tears that went into this. Hopefully more blood than any of the others. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, are you going to regale me with your stories or not? Tell me, tell me of the feats. I've heard of them from people, but oh, scribes, come scribes. And a couple of uh, like uh, young scribes come into the room with, with parchment. Um, and also one of them has a digital recorder because you know, Klingons aren't completely ancient. Uh, scribes, make sure you get these stories down. We want to make sure we get the history of the Borku into our history books for the house. So please regale us with your stories. Who wants to start? I'll do it. Where do we want to start? We could start with, we had a competition not that long ago. I should have won, but I didn't win. It's fine, it's whatever. I'm not upset about it. We could talk about how um, me and Commander Adaj 
murdered a bunch of uh, the most dangerous beings in the world, they said. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yes, I uh, slit a Hirogen's throat from corner to corner and gave him a smile in this area. Uh, it was most dishonorable. He did murder one of our chief engineers. Uh, but then uh, we disposed of him and the other one. Uh, they, we did take some losses, but we avenged their deaths. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, introduce something. <laughs> let's make, let's have you all ro- roll as you tell your stories to see how impressed Cottle will be. Uh, so each, so let's say each one of you tells a story um, and, you know, Kotar uh, and, uh, wow, Kotar and Hidad, I always want to call you your real name. Kotar and Hidad, you have told your stories, but feel free to, if you'd like to, do another one. But in any case, everyone will roll one at a time with your story. And let's make this one second. Command presence? Yeah, like presence for sure, command, yeah. I'll let you, let's say, uh, wait, for the disciplines. Um, hmm. Yeah, let's do command presence. Uh, I also would take daring. Command daring. Whichever you prefer. I'm going to do that. All right. So Kotar, how about you You and Idaj go ahead and roll for your stories. Uh, difficulty zero. <laughs> Ty, okay. It's a success. Two success. Two success. Yeah, I got two. All right, great. So bank your momentum. Uh, uh, by this point, we would have lost the momentum we had before, right? Because we've now changed scenes several times. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have thir- yeah. three momentum currently. Two. Sounds like oh, four. two from you and two 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 successes each is from the both of you. Yes. Yeah. Okay, That's so we have four momentum. Yes. So Carol here uh, hears Kotar and Ajaj's stories about uh she's particularly take particularly taken with the description of making someone's neck smile with a cut that was pretty pretty creative and she just is super into that and uh with kotar's stories of the hirogen um who she hasn't really heard of so not only is a new species but it's also uh one that she uh that sounds very formidable that you all vanquished so she's very impressed okay who's next uh, I shall tell a story. Um, do you want me to roll first or tell it first? You can tell it first and then roll. <laughs> In one of our first outings, we, the warriors of the Boku, were so eager that we beamed over to the Nausicaan ship and then fired upon it after we were there. To fire upon them before would be too easy, of course, destroying a ship. No, no. Our warriors were to be there after the field of sparks and the flames of glory were rained upon their ship. And though they outnumbered us, we were able to quickly overpower them. And I told the captain himself, I said, today is your lucky day. We Klingons do not take prisoners usually. 
but in your case, it is preferable to death, for we need what you have, the information. And with that, the entire Nosican coward crew all fell apart, and we were able to take them and find out what we needed to know. Nice. Go ahead and make your roll. Aliza liked that story a lot. I, I, I'm glad that it's become like a clip show, like a recap episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what happened before. The most exactly. honorable Klingon opera is the bottle episode. Is um, I have two successes. Wonderful. Uh, yes, Cuddle. Oh, Nausikins. That sounds real juicy. She knows. Uh, actually, I'll just play it out. Uh, I have heard that Nausikins are very formidable. That is very exciting and enticing. You truly are making a, a name for the House of Quebec out there, aren't you? Mm. Tell me more stories, I want more. Who's next? I will uh, tell you a story that doesn't involve our crew, if that's okay. Hmm. Mr. Fancy uh, Pants. I suppose. Not about story. us? Rude. You're not a loner oh. anymore, Omek. Oh, well, the reason why I bring this up is because there is honor in discovery. And so the story that I'm going to tell you is my encounter with the changeling. Now, as you all know, I'm a hunter. I enjoy hunting. And I was on the trail of Fresh Targ, and I mistakenly fell into a quicksand. Yes, me. Hunter fell into quicksand and I was about to die. Yes, but then a vine from out of nowhere came into the quicksand pit and reached out for me. And intuitively, I had a feeling that it was some other life being. Uh, but I panicked and I quickly grabbed onto the vine and it pulled me out. Uh, then as I looked around, I was trying to find that same vine that pulled me out that mysteriously came from nowhere and it was nowhere to be found. I personally think it was a changeling of some sort. I think maybe it was possibly the spirit of my father who came back to help me. Uh, I was ready to, to die because at that point, life was merely just a mistake. So the reason why I'm bringing this up to you is because I believe that there is more to life than what we're living. I mean, I, I honestly feel that there are things to discover out in the world, out in the universe that we think we have an idea about, but we, we don't know. So there still has, yes, that's, that's it. This blood wine is getting to me. I think I'm gonna get some more tog. <laughs> Wonderful, make your roll. And while you're making your roll, I forgot uh, something to say something earlier. This is GM, actually stepping outside the game for a second. Uh, People in chat, we actually have a giveaway tonight. <laughs> I totally forgot, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we are giving away a PDF of the Klingon core book from Modiphius, Star Trek Adventures. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, to decide the winner. Yeah, there it is. The PDF version of that beautiful book. Uh, so decide to decide the winner while we're t having our feast, put in the chat what your favorite flavor of gach is. And the mods will uh, will have someone pick a winner, the best flavor of gach, and uh, somehow tell me. <laughs> we, I'm sorry, I did not set up to do a giveaway, my bad. Um, I will be available in my Twitter DMs, mods, <laughs> for you to tell me who wins. Um, so yes, let's do that. Uh, Omek, how did you roll on your storytelling? Well, let me do it. Wait, can you use, can you use Omek? Two successes. Okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> right, oh, wait, by wait. the way, Mons, uh, DM the Blood of the Void. Actually, no. DM either one. DM Elisa Pro. DM Elisa Pro. Because I think I know who's going to DM me, and I think we are friends already, so you won't need to do anything special. Okay. Uh, two successes. Uh, the look on Carol's face when you're telling this story is you're not sure how she was taking it because she's ve looking very intently. She doesn't seem as lively as she did when the others were telling their stories. So you're a little concerned. But at the end of your story, Carol uh, has this very thoughtful look on her face that you don't see very much. You don't see her looking thoughtful. You just see her being always present presentational. And she turns to you and she says, that was beautiful that was beautiful scribes did you get that make sure to put that in the history this is this is the science officer of the IKS Borku saved by a vine that may have been the ghost of his father what that is that is incredible wonderful I know it seems a little far-fetched and I know we've been drinking a lot since then but I just thought I'd share but this is the type of story that will make a beautiful Klingon opera. I can just imagine it now. All right. Ah. Our next uh, story. Did you did you roll, by the way? Oh, um, yes, he did. He did. What? Did you get two successes? Yes. We're in overflow. Currently, we're in overflow. So that yes, will be helpful great. for me because I'm not a command presence person. Right. <clears throat> um, Dua ha has been very quiet during all of this. Uh, their plate is not piled up as high as probably the rest of their crew members. Um, and it seems like they have mostly uh, gotten the odds and the ends of the targ as opposed to like main portions. Like they've gotten some head meat. They've probably asked for the the tail, like things like that, like kind of the, the, the low grade cuts sort of or what they went for and have on their plate. Um, and uh, uh, they kind of look around to the rest of, of the crew and, and to Carol and I have little yet to speak of when it comes to my time on the Borku. I know that I have been given the opportunity to step into the shoes of a truly incredible engineer. I only hope to do right by her and honor her memory. That being said, if there is one thing of which I can be proud, 
it is that I was able to claim a trophy from the security officer when his back was turned. I can Come only- on! It was well done! <laughs> I can only hope to continue to hone my prowess and bring honor to this ship and in future encounters, keep your bird in the air. What is this trophy? A finger? A toe? And uh, Dewa pulls out the bronzed lock of hair. More important than all of those things combined. A warrior can fight without a finger, without a toe, but a lock of my luxurious mane? Well, that is like taking a tooth from a lion. Dewa truly an admirable warrior. Go ahead and make your roll. I, I bronzed right. it. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to spend some of this momentum to buy a die because I have terrible presence command and my daring command is only one better. So, all right, that'll take that'll. We have to immediately spend the the momentum uh, that is in overflow uh, anyway. Can I, so, can I assist Aki in this? You sure can. Oh, How wow. do you assist in telling Sorry. the story? I'm going to assist. <laughs> Dewa, my apologies. Um, I, I want to add on and be like, this is a tale of great failure that leads to a tale of success amongst our crew. For while they failed their goal of determining my first officer, they cemented their place as equal officers of high standing with good counsel and excellent battle expertise. There is no one who is higher than the other. And they are all equally excellent in my eyes. So Dewa, while you may have failed in this mission, you have succeeded in betting yourself in our hearts. Nice, all right. Uh, Jade, go ahead and get one die, one d20. And go ahead and roll daring, uh, either daring command or presence command as your assist roll. And let's see how Dua did. Ooh. I rolled a natural crit. Ooh. <laughs> so I got <laughs> a successes. Amazing. That's, that, that's good because I failed in my roll. So. <laughs> Uh, is it because so, we have so much overflow, we have to spend them immediately or we lose them. Is it possible for us to use that extra momentum to maybe like get a to, like gauge the like the mood of the room and, and maybe kind of yeah. crack into Carol a little bit here? Yes, like, absolutely. With some additional questions. Yes. Okay. Hold that thought. Yes. Uh, cool. We'll do that in a second. But first, based on the results of the role, um, Carol is listening intently to this story about the trophy and wants to know, is it a finger? Is it a toe? Uh, Edaj, uh, you interject with what you have to say. And because you failed the role, Carol is like, uh, this is, no, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Carol just really wants to know about this trophy and this story. And at the end of the story, finding out that it's a lock of the security officer's hair, uh, Carol is just utterly delighted. You all 
have so much honor and ingenuity. I am, oof, this is, this is exciting. This is exciting. <laughs> Carol is utterly delighted by that story. Um, yeah, so you all did astoundingly well. I, uh, so here's my idea. I wanted to wrap this into a reputation role for everyone. We haven't done reputation roles yet. So chat, uh, you can learn this along with us. We're gonna be learning it as we go. Um, but I wanted to use your successes. What's that? Oh, you're muted. What's that? I was signaling to everybody that we currently have 10 momentum. Yeah, you have a ton of momentum yeah. and I'm gonna let you use your momentum on your reputation role. This is gonna be like a massive role for you all because you have so much momentum. Um, uh, and, and then you also wanted to ask questions. So go ahead and ask the questions and then we can do the reputation one. Um, I guess my question is, as we have all been telling our stories to her, um, you, you've mentioned that she seems like pretty interested in like engaged and stuff like that. What is the mood of the rest of the room? Like what, how, 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 how have the get the other guests or servants, whoever else is here been responding yeah. to these stories? Great question. So yes. So by the way, I failed to mention this before, but throughout the evening, more and more guests have been arriving. These are friends of the house. These are different uh, people that uh, there's even a, like a few Ferengis because uh, Carol is a trader, uh, not trade, not traitor, but trader, like Trader Joe's, that kind of trade. Okay, I'm gonna stop over explaining. Uh, so there's a few Ferengi in the room and some of the Ferengi are even like, a couple of them are dressed like kind of Klingons. Uh, they're kind of like Klingon warrior style. Uh, a couple of them also have the house sash. Um, and so yeah, you see there's probably like now 20 attendees to this uh, event. Not all of them have the house sash, not all of them are house members. And then there's still, there. There's this house doesn't have that many uh, attendants. It's probably like seven to 10 attendants at any given time on shift. They're all on shift tonight. So yes, there's 10 attendants kind of buzzing around. Oran is also there, um, the Gintak, the house Gintak. Um, Ra'amyan has met Oran already, but maybe you know the rest of you may or may not have met Oran throughout the course of the evening. We can explore that as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's who's in the room. Uh, yes, so for, for a momentum spend, y'all feel the excitement ripple through. At the start of the evening, at the start of the storytelling, when Carol asks for these, for you to regale her with tales of your adventures, um, you, yeah, you felt like a slight hint, tint a tinge of skepticism maybe in the room, like we just still don't know who are these people. They're just out there on the ship and where is Bamir? Like they're wondering where Bamir is. Um, so they're not really sold on you all yet. But then as throughout, as each person tells their stories, they're becoming more and more excited about you. And they are not even thinking about Bamir anymore. And they're just excited to hear how interesting and cool this crew of the IKS Borku is. Um, if you don't have any more questions, I think, then... for... oh, I'm sorry. I, I think for me, I'd like to know what their house's end game is or what they would like to achieve 
mm-hmm. uh, in the next five years or short term and long term? I want to know, know yeah. just what they like to. Uh, yeah. Let's say you ask that to Carol, because, again, she is more amenable. She is more uh, hold on. open because of this wonderful storytelling. She is more amenable and open to hearing, uh, to answering questions. So you asked that of Coddle. Um, and she says, that is a very astute question, Omic. And she actually stands from the table now and kind of paces back and forth at the head of the table. Oh, what do we want for this house? Well, my sister and I, we always felt different from our parents. They were content to be farmers. They were content on the homestead. We wanted more. We wanted honor and glory. We wanted, well, Amir wanted to fight. I wanted to engage with people. I wanted to meet people and look at art. And <laughs> she points to the walls and, and hear stories and tales. And she points to the scribes. I am more of an artist, perhaps, but also I'm a good saleswoman. <laughs> and so we combined our skills to build a house. I think I can say that what we want for this house is to prove that we do not have to be Cleons in a certain way. We, don't, we do not have to be warriors for generations and generations to be a successful house. And we invite people here to become house members who understand that and who are willing to live their lives in ways that will make the house honorable and bring us glory. We do not care. We do not care for generations of past deeds. We care about now. So if you are someone who cares about someone's past and thinks it determines what type of Klingon they are, then this is not the house for you. Throughout this uh, whole speech, I've been thumping my hand, my fists on the table to create like a percussive beat. Yeah, and everyone, the other attendees start to join in with you. And I, I want him like build it up to a roars at the end of his speech all of us are kind of roaring going great everyone throws their heads back and just in honor of the warriors that have come before you throw your head back and just yell kapla in honor of this house i think jade might be Frozen. Yeah, I think the power of her okay. claw just, you know. <laughs> there she is. She's back. <laughs> All Sorry. right. It was too, too much for no, my uh, computer. <laughs> <laughs> too much kapla. Uh, All right. Let's dive into this reputation role. Okay. Now, um, so uh, the way that the reputation role works in here is that uh, there are positive influences and negative influences that can affect your reputation. And um, that helps determine the target number for the role. Uh, 
Oh, sorry, we don't have. Oh, so yeah, everyone starts at a, a three of your reputation. So your record and behavior are unremarkable, neither shameful nor worthy of song. That's how you, when you walked in the door, actually, sorry. This, this reputation role is kind of also catching us up on the past, I guess, eight months of play since we haven't done this before. So let's say that when you walked in the door of the House of Quebec to join this crew, you were at a three. And now we're doing a reputation role to see how far you have come in your reputation since then. So everyone starts at a three. Now let's figure out everyone. Uh, I'll just read these out and just make a note for yourself how many of them apply to you on the positive side and on the negative side. And then we will add your momentum to that. I'm going to let you juice this role because we're doing eight. We're doing eight months of reputation. What's that, Aki? We have eight momentum currently. Okay, great. That's a nice, nice amount of momentum. Um, so, so this is kind of a monster reputation role. Uh, okay, so answering yes to any of these questions is considered a positive influence on the character's reputation. Was your mission victorious? <laughs> um, again, since we're doing eight months, we've had some, we've had a lot of victory. So I would say for everyone, yeah. So just a one, so I mean, should we yeah. just do one time for all of these? Should we cheat all of, because I feel like there's going to be multiple overlaps. So should we just for ones that apply multiple times, we should just do one. Yeah, just count it as one. Okay. Not like, yeah, because we, we've had a lot of missions. So have you let, I'll, I will also like rephrase these for our situation. So I guess that first one would be, have you had victory in any of your missions? <laughs> okay. Next one. Did, did you positively use one or more of the adventures dictates? Um, Do we get given dictates? Nope, we haven't done that, so skip that one. <laughs> Did you obey the orders given to you by your superiors? Uh, uh. <laughs> Our superior was the one who we had to take out, so maybe not. Then, okay, then you don't get the that. Or like higher up superior. Than we the, listened to the mayor. We listened, we to, listened the mayor. to one, but we murdered another one. So. <laughs> well, let me see. Well, on the negative influences, that's a question too. So I would say take a positive here for Bamir and then later we'll balance it out with the car again. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, oh, and also um, Aki, Doa can absolutely partake in this because Doa was still part of the crew during this time, even though we hadn't met Doa yet. So please do join this reputation role. All right. D uh, next one. Did you condemn the dishonorable acts of others? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Cargan. Most of this is probably Cargan. <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> so take one for that. And the next one. Did you kill enemy warriors? Oh, heck yes. Heck yes, we did. A lot of them. Yeah. Take one for that. Did you declare yourself so that your enemies knew who they faced? Yes. Generally? I like, yeah, I feel like you all talked a lot <laughs> before killing people. On the macro, yes. <laughs> I feel like in micro, we might have like, once we were in the battlefield, took some people out, but everyone knew we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Next one. If you were injured or slain, did you do so in battle facing your enemy head on? Um, and I would say, 
you all can decide for yourselves what to take on that. Dewa, if you would like to, since you also are affected by the reputation of Riek as your previous senior officer, if you'd like to take a positive for that one on behalf of Riek, you can do so. Okay. I got shot by Hirogen. I, I feel like I, I can mean, count an injury. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that was in battle, yeah. Uh, all right. Okay, going on to the negative influences. Was your mission a failure? Were there any failed missions? No. <laughs> Wait, what was our first, like, do we count the fact that we we didn't personally find Mindak and that Romulan ship? Oh. Or are we counting that we found it because uh, other show at Monday, <laughs> 630, uh, not the fourth of the Mondays of the month, um, they did know what happened there, so, but we didn't. Hmm. Also, the time where um, the Trillium D made me almost murder everybody, does that count as a failure or just a mishap? <laughs> well, I mean, even just arriving there too late kind of was like, because we missed the whole, you know, when they were actually trading Trillium there. I don't know. I'll let you all decide for yourselves. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the next one. Did you, oh, we're skipping that. Were you disobedient to your superiors? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh, I feel like we were still mostly honest. Like when we said we couldn't come because we had engine failure, we we made engine failure happen. Mm -hmm. okay. Klingon does not trifle in technicalities. <laughs> right. <laughs> Corrigan was your superior. Just saying. <laughs> screw him. <laughs> yes, screw him. Um, moving on. Did you allow an insult to yourself, your ship, your crew, or your house go unchallenged? Never. I'll have to All take right. this one. I had a, I had a, a, a kerfuffle with nice. the was Nice honesty. Oh. The was uh, senior officer, Dewa's former oh, commanding officer. That's true. That's true. I turned the other cheek, a Klingon flaw. <laughs> All right. You're, I'm, you're muted, Elisa, or at least I can't hear you. Or, or perhaps I, I hit the mute button on my Mike, mm -hmm. uh, I said, okay, let me read that one again. Did you cheat or break a promise? Anyone cheat here? Nope. No cheating. Battle Royale. Did you break any no. promises? Break a promise. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, may I ask why there's so many more negative influences than positive <laughs> ones? They, they explain it in the book. They specifically say that like Klingon honor is supposed to be hard. <laughs> That's why there's way more negative questions than positive questions. <laughs> uh, okay. Did you take prisoners or allow yourself to be captured? Oops. <laughs> we did take prisoners. Y'all took prisoners. The right thing to do is just murder them. That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't prisoners.
prisoners. They were in, uh, informants who didn't want to inform. They, we put them in a brig instead of killing them on site. That was a prisoner by Klingon standards. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. The, uh, the validation here that's happening is very fun to hear. Or justification, I should say. Okay, next one. Mm, did you retreat, relent, or surrender in battle? No way, man. Nah. Nah. Okay. I hope we get Kotar going nah as a gif. Can you make it happen, <laughs> audience? Just nah. Like a, like a half-second gif. <laughs> okay. Did you employ poison? That's hard to say. Did you employ poison? And these are also personal, right? Like I'm taking one because I allowed myself to be insulted, but the other folks never took that insult. So like, yeah, we're all telling individually. You all are doing this uh, yeah, individually because when we roll, you're all gonna roll, do your own reputation roll. Okay. I do need to ask for a clarification. How many uh, positive influence questions were there total? Uh, I skipped one, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Positive. Six, six after the dictates one, which we didn't use as a mechanic this this round. Six after. Wait, one. Two, so it's seven minus dictates, which is six. Five, six. Yeah, six. Yeah. Okay. All right, ready to do the next one. So poison. Ba -ba -ba. Next one is, did you kill those who could not defend themselves or who were significantly weaker than you? Yeah, Nausicans, Nerogen, other Klingon. I think we're good. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the only thing that happened was Idaj grabbed and Frankie by their ear, giving them a very confusing feeling, but. <laughs> I know him and it felt good. <laughs> Okay, last one. Did you seek to undermine your foes before attacking or attack? Oh, sorry, let me start over. Did you seek to undermine your foes before attacking or attack using stealth, deception, or betrayal? This one feels loaded. We did attack in stealth. I mean, yeah, I did, I did this all over the place. So... I will take that hit. We did it from a ship, so everybody takes this hell. Yeah, the ship can cloak, so. Yeah. All Klingons do this. This is BS. Yeah. I don't like this compound. It's that question. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, think, I think for this one, it one, um, are we kind of betrayal of Cargan also because we did betray him to fight him? Or he take betrayed the me. One point. Just take the one point, Quincy. It's fine. We all <laughs> lost this point. Because I, I was going to say the other way, where like decloaking to fight is not is not on on dishonorable. It's very normal for Klingons, but mm -hmm. but betraying the general, even though we thought he betrayed the empire, mm. is Here's definitely the thing. Awesome. Klingons have to decloak in order to be able to fight. If we yeah. didn't have to, would we? Yeah, that's a good question. And also, I'm even thinking, like, when we beamed in to kill Cargan, that was very honorable. Like, there was no stealth, really. Oh, that one I... was stealth. But then, like, before he was killed, that was above... No, board. under that one, I'm, I'm not going by stealth for that one. That's a betrayal. 
Oh, betrayal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also drop down from a ton of ceilings onto people's necks with <laughs> their throats. Is that bad that I get the drop on people? I don't. Yes, think that's so. an adage problem. <laughs> what? What? They deserve to die. They're not being aware of their surroundings. He was the know. first betrayer. Look, just take the point. Just take the negative point. It's it's fine. We already know it's going to happen. It's going to make it more fun and interesting. <laughs> um, I will okay. say though that. Um, Elise, I think I think I have reputation on the ship because, or all of us do, because we've hosted so many parties and competitions and rallying cries. So I wonder if do we get like positive points for that sort of shit? You already have eight momentum, so <laughs> I feel like that's what the momentum is used to 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 justify, right? Like, like this is all the stuff that's from Klingon Empire as a as a whole or like Klingon society as a whole, but if we're using our reputation, we'd be also like, our ragers are dope. So <laughs> also I'm gonna spend three more momentum or whatever. Yeah, literally because we've never done this, this is like a new mechanic that, that wasn't in the previous like Star Trek adventures. So we've never done this before. And for that reason, I wanted to like give you something to juice it for this exact reason that you're saying, because you've had eight months of playing <laughs> like, so the, consider that momentum you built up with the storytelling as representative of all the other goodwill you've, you've had. Okay. All right, the reputation role. Once the questions have been asked, add any positive and negative influences and any positive or negative influences have been counted out, you make a reputation role. It's handled similarly to a task, though it doesn't use any of the character's attributes or disciplines. Okay, everyone have their positive total and negative total? Mm-hmm. All right. Determine target number. So your target number for this role is equal to seven plus your reputation. And everyone started at three. So there's a flat 10 for everyone. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, there's ten negative influences. Ten? Did I count that wrong? One. No, wait, which one are you talking about? What? No, sorry. I'm it's I'm a answering target number still, right? Yeah, yeah. You're working on I'm answering a question in our private chat. Oh, sorry. So are we rolling D twenties here to get this number? You're sorry? What? Yeah, so so this reputation roll, it's like a skill check, except our um uh the target number is seven plus reputations like our stat, right? And then sevens are plus. Mm -hmm. So it's three plus seven right now. So we're okay. trying to get 10 or under with the roll. Okay. Aki, are you asking how many questions, uh, how many? How many questions each for, for things? Cause I, I'm kind of getting two different messages here. Like I have seven positives, like seven positive questions and nine negative questions. And I mm -hmm. want to make sure that those numbers are correct. So it depends on what you chose for yourself. I, I mean, like I, I, I answered myself yes or no on all of them because uh -huh. I, I just wanted to make sure that I kept up with each question and I just Great. wanted to make sure I had the correct total and I didn't give myself more than I actually was supposed to. So no, you might be, uh, you might've missed one negative though. Cause I'm counting 10 besides the one that we skipped. I'm counting 10 negative. Okay. So then yes, uh, I would be missing one. Cool. Thank okay. you. Okay, let me know if you think of what that might be or if you want me to help with that. I can't remember which one it is, but I, I'm fairly certain it would have been an, a no. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. 
So you're good. All right. Okay. So we have our target number. Everyone gets tar 10. Target number is 10. Um, so you want to roll that or below for success. Set so difficulty. We, we, okay. Um, the, you're, I think you're about to answer my question. Okay. The, the difficulty is the difference, right? Like Difficulty of this roll is equal to the number of negative influences you have. Okay. So you roll, you roll the amount of dice that's your positives and your difficulty is negative. So we don't subtract them from each other. It's not a net. It's just both. Aha. Yeah, we use both numbers. Got you. Yeah. Got you. And we have yeah. eight momentum that people can spend to buy die if they if they're worried about whether or not they can make this. Are we allowed to burn values for this? Absolutely. Yeah. Are we'll throw whatever you want into this. Are yeah. one still crits? Yes. Sick. I'm gonna say no focuses for this though. Because I Actually, feel like that's it even better than one being crits. Um your reputation counts as your crit range. Ah, there you go. So Great. for us, it's one, two, and three count as um, count as crits. You love to hear it. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Okay, so yeah, assemble the dice pool. Roll a number of d20s equal to the number of positive influences you have. If you don't have enough, obviously, just keep track as you re-roll your d20. Unlike a normal task, there's no maximum of number of d20s. You already rolled? I mean, I got two crits, so I got my four. My how many did four. you? How many did you roll? How many I've died? Only, I've only rolled four so far, but I rolled a one and a three. Okay, so that's because yeah. you need to know the total because the extras is what they're counting. Also, that's what I was yeah, checking. the extras matter. So yeah, perfect. Aliza, do we have to ask for momentum before we start rolling, or do we? Oh do it? yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like with a normal task. Uh, if you uh, want to use momentum, do it before you roll. But we're rolling as many dice as we have answered yes to positive questions in order to be able to gain this reputation. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And then if you want to buy extra cool, die with momentum, cool, you can do cool, that. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm just going to bust out three more d d20s here. <laughs> if I buy two more die, how many momentum is that? That's three. Three momentum. total. Okay. Can I take three? <laughs> Wait, so who needs to who needs to buy? We should budget right now. I'm plus five minus four. I'm good. <laughs> so remember, okay. plus five minus four doesn't mean you're like you're still rolling five dice. It's just you need to get four successes. Yeah. Hey, Aliza, you know that those weird die I talked to you about my first episode? I think I'm gonna the bust bone. it out for this. Yeah. Not the bone, not oh, the bone but the, the high variance oh. one. I mean, I have oh, the bone yeah. die out already, but I think I might use the high variance dice as well. I still don't completely understand it, but okay. I don't get them either. They're just <laughs> chaos cubes. Like, it's all they, not even cubes. Polyhedrals of doom is what they are. But I am, I am also rolling my bone die, yes. Great. Can I take three momentum then? Okay, so we're down Let's to five. See. Aki, how much are you spending? I don't need any. Oh, all right. Can I have some? Philip, how much do you want to spend? Uh, if I could do two, that'd be great. But if not, I could do one. So two would be three. So we're down to two between me and Chris. So we, Chris, you Chris and I can each split one. I'm, I'm fine with that. Cool. Chris, you already rolled. I mean, yeah, I didn't need it. I was just using the extra one. If we oh, so I was just want a little bank one. <laughs> I have rolled. I have completed my roll. Yeah, I'm finishing mine. Okay. Uh, go ahead and let me write these down. 
or actually you guys are keeping track. You can just send me the results later, but tell us what you got. Oh, wait. Uh, if the number of successes you scored is equal to or higher, yes, we know that. Um, each success scored above the difficulty becomes a point of glory, which you may spend on various benefits, it, which we'll do after the session another time because we're low on time. If you're dishonorable, you suffer one shame for each success you scored less than the number needed. So the difference between the difficulty and your successes, if you're under successes, is a point of shame. Plus four. And then rolling a 20 on any die also gets you a point of shame. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> so Wait, I, we have to I, subtract I, for the ones that are over 10. What? We have to no, subtract? just for a natural 20. Just oh, for a natural no. 20, correct? Yeah, when you if you get a nat 20, that gives you a point of shame. Okay, not okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh Go ahead. I was going to say I got plus four. Great. Four successes. Any 20s? No, I'm saying at the end of all of mine. Oh, oh, oh got four. it. Okay. So you got four points of glory. What? How? Yeah. Wow. I got three crits. Dang. And my thing only have four to get to. Great. Uh, my role was oh, a no difficulty. Crits. My role was a difficulty of three, um, and I rolled uh, six successes. Uh, so I have three points of glory. Great. I also have three. Three points of glory. Great. I got six because I had one crit, and then yeah, I have six. Is that right? No. Yeah, you had six successes. Yeah, I, and I how many? Know. How many negative influences did you have? Four. You wrote it in our. Oh, you didn't. Okay, so you got two points of glory. Oh, okay. All right, I'm scared, Quincy. You're shaking your how, head. How much momentum to re-roll? Because we still got the one. Go for it. Just can I burn the one to re-roll the whole? Burn that last one pool? to re-roll. All right, because it would have been real bad. <laughs> you get to re-roll your entire pool of die? Yeah. It's for the best. Was it that No, bad? no, you can, you can only re-roll one die, I think. I really? think you can re-roll the whole thing. Yeah, I think I think it I think if you ha and I think you can only do it if you have a specific types of talents. Um, like if you yeah, have this, you can re-roll. Um, or if you have a talent that allows you to re-roll a, a failure, um, you can but you can only roll, re-roll one die. You can't re-roll your whole pool. All right, in that case, I'm going to use uh, my determination. Uh, the honor of my compatriots is my honor. Defend theirs as your own. Uh, yes, the right. idea that everyone's honor is, is together, in this case, to my favor, <laughs> um, which I will use to do a moment of inspiration, which is re-roll all dice in your pool. Oh, okay. So... Give me a second to re-roll. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I don't know how bad that first roll was. <laughs> All right. This is learning mechanics as we go. That was a good spend because now I have five successes over a difficulty four. So plus one glo uh, glory, honor, reputation. All right, Whatever. Glory. Yes, plus one Glory. Okay, great. So that everyone did your reputations rolls, and now it would have been minus three. 
Oh, well. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's interesting. Yeah, you have plus one. That's still like lower than everyone else. <laughs> so that what's cool about this mechanic that I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it affects the narrative from this point on too, because this is the type of mechanic that definitely has like a a real consequence in in the narrative going forward. Okay, so now we're gonna dive back into the story. Now that we've done a bunch of mechanics for half an hour, we're gonna <laughs> finish out this session back in the narrative world. So, Karol and the other guests, even Oran, are all have just been really absorbed by your stories. Some stories more than others, hence the reflection in how many points of glory you all have. And like I said, we'll deal, you know, off, off stream, we'll figure out how you guys can figure out how you want to spend your glory. And as the night uh, wanes on, more drink is had, um, more gak is served, and everyone is in a very joyous mood. And Karol suddenly says, hey, it's time. Rustai. She points to the, the room next door, the front room. Uh, she bustles through that door with attendants following. And you all uh, follow her out into that front room where there were pictures on the walls and the little table with her own little Instagram pictures. And you see that during the meal, some attendants have set up candles and they've drawn the curtains. So it's very, it, well, it's nighttime anyway. Uh, but even, um, it's even darker because there's no starlight coming in, but there's candles lit. There's also um, some like soft blue lighting around the perimeter of the room. And there's uh, a rack that has, how many of you are there? One, two, three, four, five sashes. You've seen these sashes before. Um, they are a dark metallic green with the emblem of your of the House of Quebec on it, which was, by the way, designed by our dear friend Thomas Marone. And uh, I'll tweet out a picture of what the house emblem looks like. It looks really cool. Um, so you see that emblem emblazoned on the sash and then the Klingon emblem above that. And there's five of them on the rack. So you all enter the room. Uh, the attendants show you where to take your place in the room. And Karol begins to the ceremony of Rustai. And she speaks to you all. We are here to welcome five new members of our house. And as we have heard, these are members that not only will bring us glory, but already have. We are honored to call you siblings from henceforth. And she goes over to the rack, takes the sashes off and places them on you one by one. She motions you all to step forward and you know to take the candles, the empty unlit candles and light them from the lit ones. So you all light candles. These are thick gray pillar candles. And so you take your time lighting them. And on once the candles are all lit, 
an attendant passes by you all and I'm going to send you something via chat. There is a small piece of parchment that the attendant slips to one to each of you. And this is what the parchment says when you unroll it. So once you all receive that and read it, give me a thumbs up. Okay. Uh, all got it? Okay. Carol says, and now we will seal the ritual of Rustai by honoring the mothers. Some Klingons think that this inscription that we say during Rustai is for all of our mothers, but it originated with one mother. The first mother who united warring Klingon houses together with an act of bravery, with an act of might, with an act of threat and power. I speak, of course, of our mother Lorel. The act of Rustai, this ritual, this is inscription we say to seal it, was for Mother Lorel. And we say that here today. And we say it together. Shosh jich battle shoch. Shosh jich battle shoch. Mother, I honor you. And with that, we are siblings. And everyone else in the room <laughs> starts cheering and thumping rhythmically. And everyone just gets rowdy and starts passing around uh, their tankards of blood wine. And with that, with our five newest members of the House of Kevik, we will end our session tonight. Thank you to my players. You all are such wonderful, brilliant role players. And this was such a role play heavy episode until we did 30 minutes of mechanics. So thanks for rolling with everything we did. Y'all are amazing. Um, I want to announce the winner of our giveaway who is named, oops, I have to scroll up, scroll up. Oh, Jeroth42 has won the giveaway. Uh, if uh, I, I'm gonna tweet out later what that flavor of tar, uh, flavor of gach was that won, because I, I really wanna know what that was. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I had another thing I wanted to say. Oh, make sure to get your Klingon dice. Oh, can we put that uh, link in the chat one more time? This is our special link for you to order your Klingon dice through so that Modiphius knows that we sent you. Uh, yay, Klingon dice, get them. I can't wait to get some. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back a month from now-ish. The last, I think it's the 26th of March will be the last Monday of March. Come back here next Monday for more clear skies. Of 29th, 29th. 29th, thank you. Why did I think it was the 26th? Maybe I'm thinking of April. 29th, thanks for checking. 29th of March. And um, you know what? I love Klingons. I love this group. 
Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in a month. Thank you for listening to Blood of the Void. Check us out live the last Monday of the month over on twitch.tv slash qtimes. To see what else we have going on, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bloodvoidrpg. Until next time, kaplop!